0: Hey everybody, want to welcome you again to the Before You Quit Podcast, where we want to bring courage and perspective when serving gets hard, and man, does it get hard sometimes. That is why we do what we do on these podcast episodes. My name is Mitch Schultz. I'm your host. I'm also the director of a ministry called Fruitful Vine Ministry, which provides support and encouragement to those who are struggling and hurting in ministry. I want to remind you that these podcasts are intended for a, kind of a specific audience, but um, not too specific, and that is those who serve in the church as pastors, staff leaders, and elders, but here is where it broadens some, also those who love the church. And I love the fact that I hear from people, in fact, I, was taught, I bumped into someone the other day, hadn't met them before, and they said, hey, I listen to your podcast on a regular basis. And I absolutely love them, and so that's a real encouragement to me when I hear from people. And love to hear from you too, if you love these podcasts. You can email me at mitch@beforeyouquit.us at and give me your feedback. Okay, I reflected uh, and do reflect often on how the church is as healthy as its families, and I know that might sound cliche-ish and probably some somewhat nuanced. Um, but a healthy family is also where there is a man, a husband, a father who loves Jesus. And of course, there are exceptions to that. I know single moms who are great leaders at the home, and they look to Jesus uh, as their husband in a sense, and the Lord works through that. Uh, but by and large, the the ideal uh, is where there's a, a healthy uh, family, where there's a strong husband and father who leads the home, and the gospel is the basis of that commitment to marriage. Well, we're going to be talking about that today. I'm excited today to talk to Pastor Dan Stegman. second time we're interviewing him, first time was on the uh, man, Jonathan Edwards, the uh, great revivalist from past centuries. Uh, But Dan wrote a book recently uh, entitled, I Want to Be a Loving Husband, what a great title. Uh, and so we had a great conversation uh, the other day on this booklet, uh, but also on a great example Jesus gives uh, to us and his love for the church as our husband. And uh, so we're going we're to just kind of weave the gospel around this idea, this notion of what a loving husband is really all about. Daniel Stegman has the men in, in, uh, pastoral, in pastoral ministries, or he's a pastor, rather, of Pine Glen, Alliance Church in Lewiston, uh, Pennsylvania. Daniel and his wife, Stephanie, are the proud parents of four children. And you can find his blogs at uh, www.pastoraltheology.com. I will also put that on the website. So without any further uh, chatting here, let's go ahead and jump into that interview right now. I know you will enjoy it. All right. I have the privilege for the second time to be interviewing um, Daniel Stedgman. Dan, thanks so much for taking the time to do this again.
1: Thanks for having me, Mitch. It's great to be here with you.
0: Yeah. Last time we, uh, I interviewed you on Jonathan Edwards, uh, which was actually very, very popular podcast. So we're, I'm getting... Uh, You know, on average, five to seven hundred people listening to podcasts and occasionally they they uh, and that's within a month or so. What I like is people keep going back and listening to old podcasts. And so I I know that was a a topic that people really enjoyed. It uh, really, really captivated me and and others. Uh, But we're going to be talking about something totally different today. We're going to talk about a little booklet that you wrote uh, entitled, I Want to Be a Loving Husband. And we'll jump into that in just a minute. Uh, But remind us again uh, who you are, what you do. And I always like to ask the question, what drives you? What are you passionate about? And if your answer is different on that from last time we talked, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so the most important thing about me is I'm a
1: follower of Christ Uh, He saved me by His grace, and now I just want to live my life uh, for Him and for His Mm -hmm. glory. Um, I'm a pastor. I pastor Pine Glen Alliance Church in Lewistown, Pennsylvania. been here uh, about two years, loving it. God is doing a work in our midst. Um, I'm a husband, so it kind of helps when when you write a book called Help, I Want to Be a Loving Husband. It Mm -hmm. helps to be a husband. Um, so, Stephanie is my wife. Uh, she's a real gem. We've been married for 14 years now. We have four children, Elizabeth, Anna, John, and Jeremiah. And they are, well, our girls are 11. We got twin girls. And then John is nine and Jeremiah is seven. So, they're growing up fast, very fast. On are, the gir-
0: are the twins identical? or No, they're fraternal. Yeah. Yeah,
1: they're, they're very different. Wow. But uh, but that's they so cool. man, they they are loyal to one another. They love one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's just uh, a little bit about myself. Um, I guess one other thing that, that people like to know uh, when I tell them is I grew up in Western Canada, so I am from Saskatchewan. That's where my family lives. Okay. And uh, hopefully, I'll be able to take a trip up there in a month or so.
0: Oh, um, nice
1: about that. It's been a long time since my last
0: visit, so we'll. Oh, see. You're you're an American citizen, though.
1: Yes, I am. Okay. Okay.
0: Dual, dual citizen. Okay. Awesome. Right. Great. Okay. Well, let's. Uh, let, you mentioned the booklet. I want to be a loving husband. Uh, what is behind the book? Tell us the story of of uh, you know how you started writing it, why you wrote it. Um, and then we can talk about why a book like this is is needed. And uh, and I'll remind you of, of this question, because I'm throwing quite a lot at you. Uh, but what did you discover most about yourself having written the book? Because a lot of times we write stuff because we know it's going to benefit others. And then we realize, wow, this this had an impact on me first.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so a few years ago, I was at a pastor's conference, and you know how it works at Pastors' conferences, they have book tables and and they have displays. Mm-hmm. And at one of one of these tables uh, was a guy named Paul Tachis. He had a, a table there for Shepherd Press, and I just just started talking with him. Kind of hit it off with him, and and I noticed that they had all these little booklets. They call them mini books um, that Shepherd Press publishes. And I just got talking to him. about a, about those booklets, and I started to think uh, maybe I could write one of those. I mean, hmm. I've been blogging for a long time. I've I've done a little bit of writing, um, so I thought maybe I could do one of those. So I I sent him an email. I pitched a couple ideas. It wasn't like any formal book proposal, but I just sent him a couple ideas. And the one that he really liked was this one on being a loving husband. Um, so he, he worked a little bit with the title and, mm-hmm. and um, I started working on that. That was back in, I guess, 2019. And then I resigned from the, the church that I was serving at. And so I had this little uh, four or five months sabbatical where I was, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't work anymore on it. But then once, once I got placed here at Pine Glen and then we had the pandemic and so I was able to do some work on it, and uh, and really, I guess, finish it up. And then it took a while. As I know, you're a writer, Mitch, so it it, it really takes a while before things come together. It wasn't until I think spring of uh, last year, spring summer, um, that I was able to put the finishing touches on it and, and do the last edits. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, I love that we're we're spending a few minutes talking about just the process of writing because. I know a lot of people want to write and uh, they they're reluctant to I think there's there's fear of failure that comes uh, with the desire to write. But I encourage people just just do it. And Mm -hmm. uh, because I I think everybody's got a phenomenal story, Uh, but it is fascinating. We've got an idea. There has to be the right stuff in place in your life for you to really dig into it. I, I know, you know, you're referencing the books I've written. I've written three novels uh, in a set and then another uh, novel. And I've been wanting to do the sequel for the new sets. And but I, I just have had a lot in my life in the last year, mm-hmm. with, uh, some pretty tough family stuff. Uh, but yesterday, and I told you this before we recorded, my, my daughter finally adopted a little baby. And uh, I had the afternoon to myself yesterday, and I just wanted to write. I, I got back into writing the book. So it was just uh, something that just came along and, and, and gave me joy, gave me something exciting, uh, seemed to open up that that creative uh, pocket again, you know, that was able yeah. to, to take out the tools. So, the, yeah, so this the sabbatical was at the point where, uh, again, I'm enjoying just talking a little bit, but I should do a podcast just on writing sometime. Um, but was that the point where it really all came together? No, that was, that was the point that I dropped it. I didn't That was Okay. You, okay. That was frustrating. Uh, Yeah. I
1: was, I was just focused on, you know, finding a a pastorate. And so I couldn't do any work on it. It was actually like when I got placed here and things, even though we had a lot to deal with. Trying to figure out how to do church in the midst. Yeah. Oh, of Oh, yeah, you you
0: started pastoring the church when it was on lockdown. I did. Yeah, I had. Yeah, I remember down. that. Down, uh, but I was able to to just
1: put those final edits on, and and so the, you're right. I mean, I'm I'm a full time pastor. I am really really busy. This this little book is like 64 pages. Mm-hmm. You know, the kind of books that you've written, they're like probably 200 actually i just bought your your book the whisperer oh nice um, i'm looking forward to reading that um but it does it takes a lot of work to write a book even a little one like yeah. this so that's I, I guess part two of your question is what did i learn about myself i learned that i actually like the process of writing mm. um even though it's a lot of work i kind of enjo- enjoyed it Mm-hmm. Um, even something simple like picking the the cover for the book. That was <laughs> mm-hmm. that was kind of fun. Um, so I just I just really enjoyed it. I'm thankful that the Lord gave me this opportunity.
0: So, what did you learn about yourself as a husband? And and then we'll go ahead and jump into what the book's about. Wow, that's a great
1: question. Um well, it's kind of humbling that that this is the first book that I would write because um I, I can see my own life. I can see all my failures as a husband, and I can see how my wife has been very gracious with me. Um, I guess w- one thing I learned is is that this is a journey. You know, we're we're pilgrims. That's that's the the Christian life as a whole. Um, but even as as husbands and and wives, um, none of us have arrived. There's there's work that's uh, yet to be done, and that mm-hmm. needs to be done in our lives. Um, so I, I think there's, I think probably any husband would would say this. Uh, maybe there's there's things that I'm doing well, but there's there's a whole lot of work that needs to happen in my life uh, that the Holy Spirit needs to do in my heart. Um, but I'm again, I'm very thankful for this uh, that that the Lord called me to write this little booklet.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, well. Let me let me just say right away, it's it's very well written. It is very short. It's, uh, it's almost a, a pocket booklet. Uh, great to get a number of copies hand out to people. Um, I, I've re- I read it twice and I found it very beneficial and, and easy to read. Um, what was, uh, you know, I want to be a loving husband. Uh, were you reacting also to a burden uh, of seeing husbands not knowing how to do that? Exactly. Okay.
1: Yeah, I, I see that. So I've been a pastor for 14 years, and I see a lot of men that are really good at providing for their families, um, protecting their wives, their their children. I'm sure they would take a bullet for them. But in terms of the nuts and bolts, how to love their wife, they, they're they kind of clueless. Um, and, and I even in my own lo- life, I mm. kind of see that. Um, But just like anything, God has spoken. He hasn't left us in the dark. And Scripture is filled with admonitions and exhortations in terms of this is how you uh, love your wife. And really, the the book is based upon uh, the most important text in all of Scripture when it comes to marriage. And that is Ephesians 5, uh, 22 Mm -hmm. to to 33. So that's Mm -hmm. what I based it upon. Uh, but yeah, I think the the biggest burden is that there's a lot of husbands, Christian husbands, that aren't doing a good job out mm-hmm. there, and and maybe don't even know how to love their wives. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It, I I totally agree. Um, so, uh, sum up the message of the book. Um, and again, it is part of a series. And in fact, I. I I love the fact that John MacArthur is one of the endorse endorsers for the series Uh, not your booklet in particular, but for the series. Uh, So yeah, tell us um, what, what the summary, if you were to sum it up in a couple sentences.
1: Yeah. What I would say is that marriage is not about you. Marriage is not just about your feelings and you having your needs met uh, marriage is, is about something much deeper, much mm-hmm. more profound, and that is the gospel. Um, so Paul tells husbands, "Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her." Um, that's a powerful verse, and it, it kind of it, it reorients us as husbands because it's it's not just about me. Mm-hmm. It's not just about me having all the things that I want to happen in my marriage happen. It's about Christ. It's about pointing the world to this this deeper reality of the gospel. Yeah, of which um,
0: marriage illustrates. Yeah. It illustrates yeah, it in a very
1: powerful way.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I want to just give a, a brief little story uh, with my wife and I before we were married or even engaged. When I first met her, and we started getting close. I I found it very easy to say I love you, but she would always answer back by saying I like you. She would never say I love you <laughs> um, until uh, her her brother had. Uh, she was on summer vacation in Indiana. We were we had met here at Tacoma Falls College, and her brother had fallen from a third story window and was fighting for his life. So. Uh, she wanted me to come up there and be with the family, and we were uh, camping out that night with her parents, and uh, the two of us were around the fire. And for the first time after we'd been dating, like for a year, she said, I love you. And I got up and started dancing around the fire, <laughs> uh, just screaming, she loves me, she loves me. Uh, but it really it really uh, taught me and established in, in my heart early on the power of, of that word love. And you um, you write that if you, this is a statement, if you don't understand the covenant relationship between Christ and the church, then you won't understand God's purpose for marriage. And that that covenant relationship is, I mean, at the at the substance heart of that is is love. It's almost the definition. It's expression of love by God His covenant relationship. But expound a little bit on that and why that's so. So important in the foundation of a marriage.
1: Yeah. So when you think about the gospel, you think about um, Christ. He's at the center of the gospel, and and what He has done for His bride, the mm-hmm. church. And so, what has He done? Well, we know we know that God the Father sent God the Son uh, to be the sacrifice, to be the propitiation for our sin. And and he was given over to death on the tree, on the cross. So at the heart of the gospel is um, this gift, the greatest mm-hmm. gift of all, and that is uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when when we think of God, we think of a God who is love. God is love, uh, but that love was was demonstrated. Mm-hmm. It was manifested through the gift of His only Son. Mm-hmm. So you, you can't separate yeah. the two. If, if we're going to follow that, if, if Christ is the model for us, then we need to give of ourselves um, in all kinds of different ways, sacrificially.
0: Yeah, we yeah. We,
1: we can't follow, we, we can't give ourselves the way that Christ gave himself on the tree. You know, it's, mm-hmm. you know that was a once for all sacrifice, but we can uh, give of ourselves in, in all kinds of little ways and in tangible ways.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and and our wives capture that. They 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 see it, they notice it when it happens. Yeah, I mean you mentioned Ephesians 5, <clears throat> 22 or 23, husband love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. That's how we're to love our wives in mm-hmm. uh in a way that is completely other centered and has her best best interest in mind. Um, You break the book down to four segments, uh, sacrificial love, sanctifying love, strengthening love, and steadfast love. And we'll walk through each of those and have you summarize it. But which which of those did you find most challenging to write about?
1: The one that was the hardest for me was, I I would say, um, strengthening love, Mm -hmm. uh, because that's where uh, Paul gives the example of. Uh, I guess what I would call self love mm-hmm. and and it's not selfish love, but it's self love in the sense that we we love ourselves in a normal and a natural way when we're hungry, we feed ourselves when we're tired we rest when um, we want to just do something fun that 's what we do and and so we this is not foreign to us we understand the concept we We love ourselves uh, every day in a hundred different ways. Mm -hmm. But then he flips it and says, in the same way that you love yourself, now that's what you need to do for your wife. Mm -hmm. You need to love her in that same way. And it's kind of like, wow, you know, it just, it hits you like a Mack truck Mm -hmm. um, because you you realize how you fall short. Yeah. Yeah, It's not easy to do that. Um, so that w- that was a real challenge for me, and and um, I don't know how well I capture that in, in chapter three. I just know it was it was
0: hard to write. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm, yeah, I was and, yeah curious which again it's your book, your story, and I think as you write, uh, you know, as we mentioned earlier, you're you're processing things. Uh, I mean, rarely does someone write and they have everything in their mind already. You know, uh, re- establish and it all it needs is to be put on paper. Um, right? You know, so I can imagine as you're reading or writing through this, there's some that just you know where you had you had to spend a lot more time, no doubt, reflecting on on it all. Yeah, and I was thinking too, the whole we're to love ourselves, love others as we love ourselves. Uh, the opposite tends to be true as well, which affects marriage is when someone does not love themselves in in the sense that we should uh, as, as image bearers, you know, created by God, we, we are who we are because he made us this way. And I think part of self-love is just valuing, you know, who, who we are in Christ, but if someone doesn't like themselves, they, they will often take that out on their spouse, won't they?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Um, well, the other thing that I was thinking about is, um, so, yes, we need to accept ourselves, and it's a lot easier to accept ourselves when we know that, that God has accepted us in Christ. Um, but, but we as husbands, we need to accept our wives for who they are, mm-hmm. and we need to be careful that we don't try and change them and, and try and just kind of make them into who we want them to be. Yeah. You know, they're, they're loved by God, mm-hmm. and, and that's the foundational reality. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And marriages get cold, not because they don't change, but sometimes uh, there's change that takes place. I mean, even, you know, we, we get familiar with each other, you know, the, the habits that annoy us, you know, you often hear about this, we're, you know, romantic and attractive early on, you know? <laughs> but, yep. but that changes as, as people get older. Uh, so yeah, there's a there, you know that that, that steadfast or strengthening love as, as we get to that is going to be really important to talk about. Um, well, let's let's start with sacrificial love. You you mentioned that the average marriage lasts eight years. Uh, that's that's really striking. Um, how does sacrificial love change that? Yeah, great question. Yeah,
1: all we have to do is is look at the landscape. Uh, we know that. Marriage is is in a state of crisis. We all know people that have experienced divorce, and so you know we could just kind of say, "Oh, we live in a fallen world; things are not as they should be." Um, but what I'm trying to do is is to look at Scripture and say, "Well, you know, what has God revealed to us? And what He's revealed to us is His Son, uh, the the sacrificial love of." the Lord Jesus Christ. And what I'm trying to say is we need to look at his example. And and I guess you know, there's all kinds of little ways. There's all kinds of uh, big ways that we can love our wives in a sacrificial way. Um, But it's all about saying, how can I put her needs in front of my needs? Mm -hmm. How can I give my wife um,
0: what she needs What's an example of that, just a, a maybe day-to-day ordinary example? Because I agree with you. Sometimes we look for the big steps where sometimes what sustains a relationship is consistency in the normal, ordinary yeah. events and moments.
1: Yeah, let, let me give you two examples. The first one is just coming home and maybe you're tired from a long day at work, but you come home or, or even if you work at home you just, you kind of, <laughs> you start talking with your wife, she's making supper and, or she's doing the, the dishes mm-hmm. and you just lend a, a helping hand wherever you can. Yeah. yeah. That's just a real simple example, but it's going to make a, a difference. It's going to encourage her. Yeah. The other thing, the other example would just be, um, to listen and, and to listen in a way that's you're not just trying to fix the problem, whatever mm-hmm. your your wife is sharing with you, but you're just listening because you care about her. You love mm-hmm. her. Maybe you in that moment, you just
0: need to be a, a shoulder to cry on. Yeah. Yeah. So, so just being a listening ear. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. You're talking about the example of coming in the house to lend a hand. If I did that, my wife would say, um, you're getting in my way. I won't finish if you're in here. (laughs) So you have to know, you have to know what what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, All right. um, You give an example on page 12 uh, and and you do this to sort of uh, uh, push the point that love is a verb uh, about a wife who is bemoaning the fact that their, her husband never says he loves her. Uh, Tell us the rest of that story and what the husband says.
1: Yeah, well, let's see if I can remember it.
0: Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so she's saying, why, why on earth don't you say, honey, I love you? And and so he says, well, 30 years ago when we got married, I told you that. And if I ever <laughs> change my mind, I'll let you know.
0: <laughs> nice. I can't yeah. remember
1: when I heard that, but... Um, I think our, our kids—they like to tell that joke from, from time yeah, to time. Yeah.
0: yeah, I heard Vody Bakum the other day say that he tells his wife, "If you ever leave me, I'm going with you." <laughs> you know, that's a—that's that, gold. That, love that's that. love. I love it. I love it. You—you <laughs> uh, you speak a lot about uh, being a motivation for a good marriage. Um, uh, you know, or the, the, the whole thing is a motivation for you know, being uh, at the sensitive, sacrificial top of your game, which uh, can, for, for guys, put a lot of pressure, particularly if we compare ourselves to other marriages and it looks like they, they have it all together. But I, I'm interested also um, what role the spouse has uh, of, of the other spouse who's messed up, uh, because that happens a lot. And so so even the things you're arguing for here, uh, the gospel addresses when we fail in doing it, but there's something healing that can come from that and redeeming. So just just curious your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, well, marriage is hard. It, it really is. Um your spouse is a sinner, your your wife is a sinner. We we all know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sometimes even we joke about that. Uh, That's part of the reason why there's, there's so much divorce and separation. Um, But I guess the the thing that I want to say is marriage is not impossible. You can have a good marriage. Um, We need to go back to the gospel, as I've said over and over again. Um, But if, if you, if you put yourself at the center, if you make it all about you and, your spouse meeting your needs, uh, but not seeing how you can serve them and how you can meet their needs, Mm -hmm. then your marriage is going to go nowhere. And in fact, it's probably going to tank. Um, so just reorienting yourself and and realizing that it's not just a 50, 50 thing. It's, it's a hundred percent and a hundred percent. Um, and you know, there's, there's so many little, I guess, cliches that we might point to, like we, um, prayer, prayer and reading your Bible. Um, those are cliches that, that maybe can be overused, but I can't, there's no way that we can overemphasize the importance of prayer when it comes to marriage. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah, and
1: that's one of the things that, that my wife and I do is every day, morning and evening, we are praying together. Um, so I, I think when you understand that, that it is hard, Um, and you're not naive, but yet at the same time, you're, you're using what God has given you that that's going to go a long way Mm -hmm. to improving the quality of your marriage.
0: Yeah. I love that. And that leads us to the second, uh, category sanctifying love. So you have sacrificial love, sanctifying love. How would you define that?
1: Yes. Sanctifying love, um, basically carries with it the idea that we are a people in process. We're not who we ought to be. Yes, we're saved, we're justified, um, but the Christian life is all about growing uh, in your walk with the Lord, being set Mm -hmm. apart from sin, embracing righteousness. That's what sanctification is. Uh, And there's, I guess there's a sense in which we're sanctified, We're accepted in Christ at the point of our salvation, our conversion, our justification. But there's also this ongoing progressive aspect mm-hmm. of sanctification. Yeah,
0: and I, I love how you bring that into the the community of marriage because we tend to see that as an individual thing, you know, that I'm growing in Christ, my wife is growing in Christ. but there's there's an aspect of this happening within the union of marriage. And what I what I love to think, what I'm thinking as I'm hearing all this is, for us as husbands to say this marriage can be better. It can always be better. Uh, We tend to look to the past and see the best years, you know, when we first met and we're just madly in love. Uh, But if so, the sanctifying love prompting the dad or the husband to say, uh, this marriage can be better. Uh, what, what do you think is, I mean, is that, is that realistic? And have you seen that in people that you've been pastoring or even in your own life? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, but it's, it's this idea that the husband has a vested interest in the growth and the sanctification
0: yeah. Yeah. of life
1: and that there, there's things that he can do to promote that, uh, I, I think it's it's really sad when you're you're in a marriage and you're you're not praying for your spouse, you're not desiring mm-hmm. that they would grow in grace, grow in the Lord. Um, that's really really sad. So the husband is the head of the home; he's the spiritual leader within the household, um, and and then and therefore he should be doing all that he can to point his wife to Christ, the mm-hmm. sufficiency of Christ. Uh, and, and there's different in the, in the booklet, I outline some ways that you can do that. Um, I don't know if we want to get into that yet, but yeah,
0: I think, I think that's on one of my questions. Yes. What are some ways
1: that, that you can help your wife grow in the Lord?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, number one, get in the word of God, read the Bible on, on your own Seek Christ on your own. But then, along with that, um, read scripture together. You don't, maybe your wife has, a, has more of a grasp of the gospel and, and the scriptures than you do, but you can still read the Bible together. Um, you can suggest attending a Bible study together. Uh, and here's a big one you're ready for this? Mm. Turn off the TV. Yeah, that's 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 a huge hindrance in a lot of marriages. You come home after work and you're just tired and it's just it's so easy to to just kind of turn on the tube, but turn off the tube, you know, focus on one another and 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 kind of check in with your spouse. Yeah,
0: yeah. Check, you know, yeah. I, I love I love those moments where where my wife and I are in the living room and we have. Couches kind of facing each other and we'll sit across from each other and just catch up on the day, you know, no TV, just, just sitting and, and talking about, you know, what's been going on. Uh, so, yeah, I, I love that. And, and there needs, there needs to be uh, perhaps a discipline on the part of the husband to, uh, you know, maybe he's coming home and needs to unwind first, but at some point in the evening, pay full attention to his wife and, and see how she's doing because she's had a different day than he has. And uh, that, that can be, that can be powerful. Uh, yeah, you, you do have a whole section where you talk about, uh, you know, the husband leading the family to Jesus. Uh, what does a wife do if the husband is not leading spiritually?
1: Yeah. Well, I I was thinking about that today. Um, and there's actually a section in Scripture that deals with that. It's it's First Peter chapter 3, and I think it's 1 to 7. You can read that. Uh, well, actually, I've got it right here. Mm-hmm. Let me read that real quick. Yeah. It says, likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see respectful and pure conduct. So mm-hmm. I, I think a big part of the answer there is the example that you set. Um, another part of it is just prayer. Um, God can, ch- in fact, the only way that the husband is going to see his need to to, set, to step up and, and be a spiritual leader is as, as God changes his heart. So prayer is, is a huge part of that. Um, and I think, you know, it can be really hard when, when you have a situation where there's kids involved, you still have a young family. Um, one simple thing that you can do, it, well, I shouldn't say simple because marriage is complicated, relationships are complicated. But if if your husband is okay with it, you know, just take the kids to church on your own. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that that can be sticky. I understand that. But Um, do what you can to point your children to Christ, even if he's not willing to to lead in that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. Uh, There have you have to navigate that carefully and, and hope that the husband is, um, you know, not fighting that. I think that's when it becomes a a different conversation. Um, You've seen a man start to, you know, get convicted that he needs to lead better uh, what has that looked like in your experience with guys?
1: Yeah, well, it's, God is going to use his word, you know, the, that's, um, the primary way that, that God works is through, uh, the word of God and as the Holy spirit, uh, illumines that word and lights up that word. Um, so what it's going to look like is he's. He's going to see the need to be in scripture um, personally for himself, mm-hmm. uh, but also for his family.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: maybe a- another thing w- would be um, he has other men in his life who are setting yeah. a godly example, other men that are praying for him and, and for his family. Um, I think yeah. that's if, if there's one area that maybe I wish I'd touched on more. It would be the area of accountability. Um,
0: well, that can be another book.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I only had sixty pages, but I, I think that might be yeah. uh, something that I, I wished I could have uh, included, because there we all need that, you know. Yeah. We, and sometimes it's sometimes if if I see that in a friend of mine or uh, another man in the church. You know, I need to gently exhort him in that direction. And yeah. Say, "Hey, yeah. you know, God has called you to to love your wife, to love your children, to lead in the home," uh, and just uh, gently exhort him in yeah. that sense.
0: Yeah, I've never seen a guy uh, grow and be drawn to Christ without relationships around him. That's that's been critical in my life. We we have uh, four, five, or six guys that come to my house on friday evenings and we just sit around the fire and just chat and it's it's just awesome and the, you know the more we do that we keep talking about how how valuable that is in in our lives um you do yeah so that you were talking about the list uh i'll just read these so this is this is uh you know practical ways to to lead uh better mm-hmm. to lead well at home read the bible together pray both together and individually and you already read some of these suggest attending a bible study uh lead in family worship turn off the tv uh check in with your wife be honest with your wife uh set a godly, godly example um i i thought of one more just wanted your uh, reflection cuz those are disciplines and i love the idea and we do this we did this i think a lot with our kids but i do it Very much more consciously with my granddaughter, of um, of just talking about the gospel just in ordinary terms. You know, if if something comes up, you know it's an opportunity to engage about the gospel. So it's that Deuteronomy six idea. You know, as you wake up, as you go to sleep, as you walk, you're you're talking about the gospel, and I think that's hard for husbands and wives to do to engage in spiritual conversations uh, but it's, it's rich when it happens.
1: Yeah, you're right, Mitch.
0: It's, it can be
1: really hard, um, for us. Why is it?
0: Why, why is it hard? You think, especially for guys to talk about spiritual things?
1: Well, if you're not cultivating it in your own personal life, Mm -hmm. then it's, it's hard to have that in the home with your wife, with your children. There's a lot of people that, you know, when I just when I'm doing visitation or just having breakfast with another guy, and I ask him, uh, you know, tell me about your walk with the Lord, how mm-hmm. you're doing, what the Lord's teaching you, and there's just nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's he he can't really say anything. On the other hand, there's guys that I talk to, and when he gets going on the Lord, he can't shut up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because he he has that relationship. Oh, I love it with with the Lord. Um, for, for us, we try and do, and and this is kind of incorporating the whole family, but we try and do uh, family worship.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So most days we have a time and it's maybe like 15 minutes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we start with the scripture. Right now we're working through 1 Kings. So it's, it's narrative. And I just read a portion of scripture, um, say after I'm done reading it, just say a few words mm-hmm. on it, trying to. Uh, ask some questions for clarification. Uh, then we, we might sing a little bit. We might bust out the hymnal. We might mm-hmm. uh, go on YouTube and, and mm-hmm. listen to like a Getty song or, you know, mm-hmm. some favorite praise and worship song. And then we have a, a time of prayer. And we just, sometimes I'll ask the kids for prayer requests. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really mm-hmm. simple. It doesn't have to be uh, complicated. Sometimes we'll do um, a little bit of catechism work. We use the, the new city catechism,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but that just to get back to your question, that opens the door for spiritual conversation. Yeah. yeah. That, that gives us an opportunity to talk about the gospel, what we're learning um, in our devotional time. If, if you don't have that, it's just, you know life is so busy and and we're just running here and running there um, you, our time gets swallowed up so easily
0: yeah, yeah. Um, so you well, really and even, have to... and that's where again even in the busyness talking about the gospel you know i mean i i pick up my granddaughter from school and on the drive home it's is amazing the conversations that that happen that lend itself to to spiritual things uh, so sometimes we don't have to stop everything, you know, it can happen just yeah. in, the, in, in the movement of, of our lives. Um, well, uh, for, yeah, I was going to ask you just real quickly, what, what role have godly men played in your life to be specifically to be a better husband? What does that look like?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I am very thankful for, uh, for godly men. Uh, I remember when I was in college, I went to a Bible college, and our resident dean, uh, he, was, he was a farmer. I mean, he was mm-hmm. a hardworking guy. He was always up at 4.30 or 5 in the morning, and then he was there for breakfast. He was at the cafeteria, mm-hmm. and he was always interacting with us as students. Uh, I had several um, one-on-one meetings with him, and so he was just, yeah, he was a godly man. He was uh, he was a good husband, um, and he modeled that. Hmm. I can see it um, even since I've been in ministry. There's there's been men that the Lord has placed in in my life, fellow pastors that are kind of going through what I'm going through, and and I've seen that modeled. I've mm-hmm. seen just how they treat their wives, um, how they set aside time for. Uh, their wives, mm-hmm. or their wife, I should say. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. You know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, you're and not in like, Utah now. <laughs> <laughs> even just like dating your wife. Mm-hmm. Even you know, I, I know you and your wife have been married for a long time, but even setting aside this time, say once a month, yeah, or every other month, where you just get away, you have a date night. I think that that can be really
0: beneficial. To, you know, to yeah, those are about. moments to to connect with each other. Yeah, well, excellent. Well, you the last one is you talk about. Well, actually, there's two more, but we'll. I think you talked about strengthening love. Uh, question I had there is you you and this is part of uh the the discipline of strengthening being intentional about strengthening the marriage you talk about knowing your wife really knowing your wife what what do you mean by that and what are some ways to you know practical ways to move towards that
1: well the illustration that i give in the book is when i was growing up sports was my god that was the idol mm-hmm. that that i had in my life and so not only did i play sports but I watched sports. i followed sports, you know, basketball, baseball, hockey, football. I just loved it all. And I could talk with anyone about sports because I was such uh, an addict. Mm -hmm. Well, in the same way, and, and every guy has something, you know, there's at least most of the guys that I know, there's something that they are passionate about and that they study and you get talking with them about it and they could just talk for a half hour, an hour, you know, on and on and on in the same way that, that, you know, your hobby or whatever it is you're pursuing, you should have that, that same pursuit of your wife. Mm. You know, you should want to know her. What is it that she's passionate about? What are her interests? What makes her cry? Um, really everything that you can know about her. And and of course you're going to know your wife in the sense that you live with her, you spend more time with Mm -hmm. her than anyone else. Um, But really actually that desire to know more about her today than you did um, last year, Mm -hmm. five years ago or or whatever. Um, So I, I guess it's not being content with the knowledge that you have of her and seeking to know her better so that you can better Mm.
0: serve her. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I, I think it's a, it's something we don't hear much about because we assume, Oh, I know my wife, but, uh, how much do we fully know anybody, you know, and this is the person closest to you. And, uh, and I think there's a cherishing that comes from that, you know, and our, our wives want to be cherished by us. And it, uh, you know, don't stop showing interest in her life. You know, yes, and um, and pastors can fall in the trap of you know devoting their whole week where they're interested in other people's lives and and come home and fail to do that at home. Yeah, so I love I love that reminder. Um, okay, last one. You talk about steadfast love. There's so much more I wanted to talk about, but um, we're we're coming on about an hour here. Uh, but in in there, you, so what is that? And I, I love your phrase, elevate marriage. So, you know, as you define steadfast love, what did you mean by elevating marriage? I guess there's, we've been sort of talking about that whole idea in the past. Yeah, hour.
1: well, so marriage is a sacred institution. It's, it's not our idea. It wasn't our plan. God came up with this. He mm-hmm. officiated the, the very first wedding ceremony. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is his plan. And it's a good plan. You know, marriage is is great. If you look at the culture, marriage gets such a bad rap. Right. And that's really unfortunate. Um, so as hard as marriage is, uh, it is a blessing. And we want to do everything as as Christians that we can to elevate marriage um, so that people see that this is this is a good thing. He mm. who finds mm. a wife finds a good thing. Yeah. That's, that's what I want to point people to. And, and also, in terms of steadfast love, the idea is that this is permanent.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: when we say our vows, it's not just lip service. It's something that we really yeah. mean. All, it's something all that in. We're, mm-hmm. we're all in. We're committed to yeah. this. Exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, that's great. Well, what, uh, what kind of response have you had from the book? What feedback are you getting? <laughs> Well,
1: I'm getting uh, positive feedback. I mean, it's it's kind of. (laughs) I would assume so. (laughs) (laughs) It's humbling when you you write a book, you put yourself out there, and it's like, you know, is this just gonna? Is this gonna flop? Is anybody gonna actually read it? Um, But I, it's it's been really encouraging to hear some feedback, and and one of the surprising things is some of the women, some of the wives that have come Mm. up and say and thank me for the book, right, Uh, and. And they've said, "Hey, we we benefited from reading this. Yeah, it's not just our husbands; we benefited." Um, so I'm just like I said at the beginning. I'm thankful that the Lord gave me this opportunity, and I just pray that He uses it for His glory and to, to strengthen marriages.
0: Yeah, well, I think I think you're you've got something here that's really practical and and necessary as well. So thank you for for doing it. Uh Any final thoughts as we wrap up here?
1: Yeah, if I could just say a, a word to young men, Um maybe this is going to sound a little trite. I don't know, but don't wait. You know, if, if just mm. find a cute girl <laughs> who loves the Lord and marry her, mm-hmm. I, I think. That that's mm. one of the, the sad realities is people have put off marriage and, and they, they keep waiting for mm. the, the perfect person, Miss Wright, that idea. You know, just find a good girl mm-hmm. that loves the Lord and marry her.
0: Yeah, I love that.
1: And then and then just love her with the love of Christ. Yeah. Uh, that's um, and the other thing that I would say is if you are married, thank the Lord every day for your mm. wife, for your spouse they are a blessing from the Lord.
0: Mm. Amen. Amen. Good uh, good word. I love it. And yeah, great conversation, Dan. And I'm sure we'll do another interview on another subject at some point here. I, I'm finding myself going back and you know thinking of subjects that of guys that I've done interviews before. So I, I know we'll be back at this. So thank you so much. Really appreciate it
1: thanks for having me, Mitch. I really appreciate it. And I,
0: I appreciate what you're doing on this podcast. So thank you. All right. Thank you, my friend. Goodbye. Well, there you have it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the before you put podcast. If you have any comments, questions, or anything, uh, you want to add on this podcast or any others that we've done, Before You Quit, you can email me at mitch at beforeyouquit.us. So until next time, stay encouraged and be courageous because serving Jesus is worth all of that hard stuff that comes with it. And remember what we're told in 1 Corinthians 15, 57 through 58, but thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So until next time, stay encouraged.